as a Uganda, as a country, digitalization is the key. We need to become digital, digital public solutions. Institutions need to become more transparent. Do you aspire for a booming middle-class economy? Listen along to understand what turns the wheels of Uganda's economy with our lineup of credible influencers in their fields. Welcome back to the podcast. And today we are in luck. We have a very interesting guest, Annette Garosa. She is the co-founder and the chief climate officer at 1MTN. So I'm happy that you'll be telling us more about 1MTN, our developing social impact and nature positive project in Africa. So it'll be interesting to know more about what's happening in Uganda and how is 1MTN's carbon removal projects, for example. How is your project aligned to our sustainability environmental goals? Oh, first of all, thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited. Yes, I'm one of the co-founders of Man, one, one MTN. It actually stands for One Million Ton Nation. And it's our main goal as a company in every country where we are entering. Our goal is to remove one million carbon ton of CO2 of atmosphere in every country where we are entering with, with our project. Yes, in Uganda, we are here for a bamboo planting project. We are very excited. It creates a lot of social economic benefits. It also promotes countries and DCs by planting bamboo. And the greater value chain gain, it's very exciting. Guys, if you haven't listened to the podcast on green growth with Ms. Dagmas Weber, we talked about a few issues with the climate and environment. And now that you speak about reducing our emissions, we also find out in that episode that Uganda doesn't emit a lot of CO2. So it would be great to know about what you're doing and how that can contribute, but also why we host people like you in this podcast to tell us how we can achieve a middle-class economy and the fact that your value chain addition or contribution will then let all the listeners know about how then they can benefit or develop themselves. So in your perspective, how are you hoping on restoring degraded land? That's a great question, but maybe I will start by saying that you actually raised a great statement. Yes, Uganda is not polluting. And that's why also in 1MTN we have this mission of bridging Africa and carbon markets because it's the finances what is missing. We are trying to bridge this gap by creating carbon credit projects and high quality carbon credit projects and also with the community involvement. So what I can say is that there are many opportunities for a lots of stakeholders and players, but we need to act together. So the partnerships on all levels, young people can see that there's sustainable practices. We are here to help create awareness from a climate and also environmental issues, how to mitigate them. So along the way, it's actually not only about tree planting, but it's a broader picture when we are involved. I'm also having a second hat. I'm international climate lawyer. And it is my passion to work together with different stakeholders in each country yeah. to educate, create awareness and show opportunities what Uganda as a country can actually tap in. We yes. have So where is the opportunity? First of all, there's a, a lot of funding available for climate action. Second of all, the international visibility. At the moment, I would say that Africa is in a great position. Worldwide international conferences, 
the main teams are actually Africa and developing countries. Mm-hmm. I would say that this is the time we have to deliver exact messages and show that we are ready. And that's what we are doing also here with 1MTN. We are acting now. Yeah. So just to bring it down for the listeners, just trying to understand what we're talking about. Take us through your project in Yoruba. How many trees are you planting? What is the goal? Our goal with the, with the bamboo planting project currently is 10,000 hectares. We are planning to plant 400 hectares. It actually brings us also for the broader value chain. It starts with the nurseries. Mm-hmm. There are so many opportunities. We are working together to understand the quality of the seedling material. So it starts with the awareness, the training, the workshops, and understanding how much does Uganda even have as a planting material, what is the quality of it, and how we can build the capacity. So this is the first step in the value chain for a project where we are working together with the local SMEs and the local key stakeholders. And we are definitely seeing that the local knowledge, we need to work together because we don't know how the things are happening here. That's why for us as a company, the local operations and local knowledge is very important thing. Yes. And if, if we look broader, then of course, it's the land preparation, it's sustainable management practices. We are open and at the moment exploring partnerships with the universities. We see that we need to also manage biodiversity as a topic for our bamboo plantations. So we are implementing biodiversity management plan planting small patches of with the mosaic approach of different bamboo seedlings, implementing different practices as a bee farming, mushroom farming, flourishing trees, of course, leaving the small patches also of native vegetation and everything else. So we see that actually partnering up with the universities, mm-hmm. doing the research and also creating awareness within the students and being and creating possibility for a job or just a training, it's super crucial. We are here to show opportunities and opportunities are a lot. I love it. And the fact that your approach engages everybody in the ecosystem, I think that will help us also when we do get into that middle class economy, thrive in it. I'm just wondering why bamboo? There could have been so many other trees that you could have focused on. Yes, yes, but you know, bamboo is magical. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm coming from a forestry family, and when I first heard about, about bamboo, the terminology, it's a grass, mm-hmm. a woody grass, but it looks like a tree. It doesn't look like grass, and it's sustainable timber. You have to do selective harvesting, but the biomass and the plantation stays there. Without the other tree species, you are growing, for example, pine and eucalyptus. It grows for 18 years. And then you basically cut it and then you get your income. But for the nature, it's very bad. And also afterwards, the new forest grows back with a lot of years. But the bamboo is a different story. You get the biomass basically every year after year three when you started the planting. And but this selective harvesting also gives uh, income from the biomass. Yes. And that's why it's actually magical. Also, bamboo is a fast grower and with a great canopy and it's really green, meaning that from the carbon perspective, the amount of carbon credits what you can get out of the bamboo plantation, it's uncomparable with other three species. So that's why, yes, we are promoting bamboo. We also see that bamboo as a species can create a bigger value for the local stakeholders when we see the value chain. 
there is so much things that you can do out of bamboo. It's yeah. actually st stronger than steel if you treat it well. And, and also it can be construction material. You can make biochar, green charcoal. Yeah. Uh, it can be sustainable fabric. Yeah. So a lot of things, a lot of opportunities for a country. What we are advocating is the value add for a bamboo here mm -hmm. and then sell it further to international market because that will grow Uganda as an economy. That's great. You did give us a nice intro into what you're doing as one MTN and you also alluded into your conversations about carbon credits. So yes, now have the trees and the nurseries. What is the end goal? It's actually two. Of course, the carbon credits is one of the goals. The other one is the value add for the bamboo as a raw material mm -hmm. and to create and see how how Uganda can create a product out of the bamboo mm -hmm. and become internationally visible on that. Bamboo market worldwide is it's really big, but how much does Uganda has out of it? So I see a lot of opportunities, not only as a high quality carbon removal project developer, yeah. but also as a bamboo biomass. Carbon removal project. Yes. So what does that, that mean? <laughs> that's that's interesting term. Uh, a lot of uh, people have heard about carbon credit, but actually there are two types of carbon credits: mm -hmm. removals and avoidance. Okay. So avoidance credits are just basically developed when you are protecting, conserving the nature. So meaning you are not cutting down the trees, you are managing your forest, and and you are not adding up for a nature you are just protecting so nothing happens yeah. carbon removal it's actually a plus sign for a nature activities what gives more of removal of carbon dioxide meaning the tree planting for example yeah. agroforestry bamboo pl pine pl planting and in a market of course the establishment costs for carbon credit removal project it's a lot more than carbon avoidance and in that sense, also carbon removal projects are considered more expensive in a market worldwide and also high quality. Now, that's where we are interested. How does then Uganda benefit from the carbon trade? So, of course, there are different mechanisms how you can benefit under the carbon trade. And Uganda is on a great road at the moment, implementing also international under Paris Agreement Article 6 mechanisms. So regulations at the moment are underway. It needs to provide opportunities for project developers like us to create those projects. But also Uganda as a country, of course, they need to benefit out of the carbon credit sales, but as a tax initiatives and registration fee for this kind of project. But I also need to emphasize that actually every carbon credit, what is sold, every dollar makes a little bit more than just this credit sales. It's core benefits. And these core benefits need to be accounted for. So basically, maybe this education, maybe job was created, maybe the new market approach and a new product what community could sell. And we need to also account for those co-benefits. And together with the regulatory framework, we need to also need to understand the opportunities for the project developers like ours. Does these co-benefits help us? Does it help country? How can everybody benefit out of it? Because we see a great potential. And of course, communities need to benefit, but there are different ways how we can do it. Yeah, I mean, I only remember studying about carbon credits in a political environmental class. 
But I'm curious, since 1MTN has been here for a while, do we have a framework where this can thrive? Or what are the opportunities? Or some people call them challenges. Or Yeah, some people choose to call challenges opportunities. But where do you see the opportunity in terms of policy? So I'm very, very optimistic about this one because I say that the task force and also regulatory institutions are on the right track. They're listening to the private sector players like us. And that's the way to go. The partnership, we can share our expertise with the, from the Europe, from the other countries, how we see good examples, bad examples. And then we need to localize it. And the best way how we can localize it is together with the ministry, together with the local with the local institutions to understand the mechanisms, how we can implement those best practices to actually work through. I see it as a good moment. To be honest, I don't see any challenges because the land is here, people are here, they are willing, they are interested. Awareness is starting to get here. Yeah. The only thing what we need to work on is digitalization. Yeah. It's needed. Land registry all the following activities we need to become digital. Why not? Uganda is such a young nation. We have so many opportunities. We need to do it. Yeah. A lot of new startups at the moment internationally are developed and, and founded to to solve some of the climate issues, mitigation, agriculture startups. Yeah. Also here in Uganda, I have been here for a while and we also are organizing some networking events and uh, yes, which uh, I did attend. Yes, Top tier yes, impact. <laughs> yes, yes uh, tell us more about Top tier impact. Okay. Yes, so I'm also wearing a third hat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so many hats. <laughs> third hat. I'm ambassador of uh, Top tier impact mm -hmm. in East Africa, and it's a global sustainability investors slash entrepreneurs uh, executives network globally. It's community based. I'm ambassador of East Africa and and my role and also top tier impact is we are mapping out the sustainability players, the ones who wants to create an impact. Mm -hmm. And what is it the impact? It's actually a, a lot when we are talking about it, mapping out. And with top tier impact and these networking events, I saw a great potential. So many startups, so many spokespersons and creators who are at the moment looking for opportunities how to bring digital technology on 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 the game here. So why not? So that's why as a country, if we become and I saw we because I'm really a proud private sector representative yeah. of Uganda. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it and I'm happy about it. So I see just only a great opportunities. Also with our project, we are bringing digitalization. Mm -hmm. We have built a digital site species matching tool. So we are doing the monitoring using the satellites. So meaning we are getting a lot of data, what we can share with the ministry and we can also prepare it for the public good, doing the researches and to become known. Also for a lot of startups, I see a great potential. Yeah. So why not to use those different channels internationally and just gain as a country more? Absolutely. And what do you envision success as? So I see that the vision of success will be First of all, a good environment for the private sector because and also investors internationally to come here and to create and help get funds to create more carbon credit projects, to create more startups, new companies, 
and uh, also new movements as well. And this can be only when we are working together. So that's why we need to get these partnerships together with the regulatory framework, having the ministries on board and different stakeholders and work all together. But I would say that this time around, this push should be from the private sector. Most of our guests on the podcast are always encouraging and co-opting the private sector to join the fight. Whichever sector they're in, make sure they make an impact. Now I'm just wondering what the future plans are. What are your ambitions? For me personally, (laughs) and for a company as 1MTN, I'm afraid to open up my calendar, (laughs) to be honest. We have a lot of climate events happening, Africa Climate Week, New York Climate Week, then London Carbon Credits conferences and of course the big event COP in Dubai that's the main event of the season and then afterwards it comes the World Economic Forum Davos and in every event what we will be what we will be attending as a company we are really proud to showcase Uganda as a first project and that will what we will be doing we have a lot of learnings a lot of innovations to share the uh, first, yeah yes and that's what I'm really excited about and of course, traveling is a lot, but it gives energy, you know, it gives yeah. strength. We have to show the good examples and the story have to be there. Yeah, it really does sound exciting. I, I can't wait for five years down the line. We'll probably have you back and go down your memory lane. <laughs> oh, that would be so nice. Yeah. Yes, but as a bamboo is a fast grower, then we will see the first real impact pretty soon. Yeah. And work, what we have been doing, we are really excited to share and also to work towards with the climate awareness. We need to explain, because the carbon trading are the two words, but everybody knows. But how it's actually developed, what is it? It's not maybe the one podcast conversation but it needs to be approached when actually the people understand what's been happening and i like that you're in, in, engaging the local communities and other stakeholders so that's also a step into the right direction we as a company when we first founded together with christian my co-founder decided that's very important that we are not here to give the fish but to teach how to fish because that's the only thing how we can be sustainable mm-hmm. in every position in our life and also working together with the communities. We have mapped out and also partnered together with local NGOs, Little Bridge Foundation, and we have great examples. What is the possibility for community in a two-year period and how much does it cost and what kind of learnings does it take to be and become self-sustainable? It's agriculture practices, it's of course access to the clean water, access to the solar energy, to the education, and uh, safety. So these are the areas what we are supporting within with help of our foundation, because part of our revenues are going directly to foundation from the carbon project. And this is the program what we are implementing and uh, what communities within our project or nearby our project will benefit for. But again, we are here to teach the fish. We need to give this awareness. We need to educate. Yes, maybe it's a little bit harder than just giving the fish, but what's in the life is not hard. Absolutely. So the very last question we ask every guest on this podcast, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> what do you think it's going to take for Uganda to achieve a middle-class economy? That's a lot. We see a scalable project in the pipeline 
We also have a lot of ideas how to how to bring investments for the technologies. But as a Uganda, as a country, digitalization is the key. We need to become digital, digital public solutions. Institutions need to become more transparent. So that's how we can move much faster as an economy and create new business opportunities. So I would say it will be a hard work to become a digital, but that's what my also wish for Uganda would be that in, in the nearest years to become digital more. Yeah, thank you for these eye-opening remarks and this conversation. I don't take your time for granted. So where can people follow up if they need to ask something about what you said? For me, it's different social media platforms as a company and also my personal LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, of course, our website, onemtn.com. More than welcome. We are sharing our journey uh, within the news everything what we have achieved and also every conference what was the key lines everything is there also of course twitter and instagram thank you that was amazing thank you give us your feedback we're on facebook on uganda podcast and instagram if you're looking for any other communication solutions or you'd like to be hosted on this platform reach out to me on linkedin aggie patricia Turomai, and aggie patricia on twitter